saints worship the Lord for he loves you he gave you a spirit not just to live but to worship to experience his great love it is awesome to be in the presence of God to lift your hands to cry tears of joy to lift hands and surrenderance to worship God I was taught one amazing thing last week that sound is amazing. That the words you speak and worship are powerful. The sounds that a gunshot can make, the sounds that a scream can make, the sounds that a, the honk of a, a car can make, it's not the same compared to the sound you make with your voice when you worship God. Worship the Lord. Have no shame. God, I pray, God, that the youth, God, that are here before you, God, that they're dealing with shamefulness, God, that they will give it to you, Lord, to worship you freely. Jesus. I pray, God, that they will not care about who's next to them, who's behind us, who is in front of them. God, but that they will just look to you, Lord, for you are the God of this age, Lord, seated at the throne, God, opening the floodgates of heaven for us, Jesus. Pouring out your blood, God, that you shed on that day, God, when you die for us. God, I pray that this service tonight, God, be completely unto your glory, Lord. God, that hearts will be convicted, lives will be changed, and breakthroughs, God, will happen, Jesus. And at the sound of your name, God, demons, God, will flee, darkness will flee, God, and that your light will shine, God all around this place. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Everybody said? Hallelujah. Everybody got a seat? Elevate! Oh my God, so super loud. I'm like way too loud. Okay, I guess Corey's louder, but that's okay. Corey doesn't have the mic I do. We're here at Elevate. Y'all sound lifeless. Give me, give me some life. Give me some life. You ready? Are y'all going to give me some life this time? Are y'all going to be energetic? If y'all are louder than the music that I can't hear, are you ready? Elevate! 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 That's right, that's right, Elevate! Friday, 7 p.m. And we have a vision here, loving God and loving people. Who knows what loving God means? No, oh, now it's quiet again. That's messed up. Nobody knows what loving God means? I see Brian turn around. I'm going to ask Brian. Let me ask the leader. Brian, what's loving God? It's kind of dark there. Worshiping God with passion and obeying his Amen, amen. And how do we love people? You can look back there because Brian cheated, so the leader cheated, everybody else can cheat, right? No, I'm going to hold the mic, okay, Corey? But you can read it. 
Amen. That's how we love people. All right. Now we're going to blow this next thing up right here. The Puerto Rican Festival. June 18th, 9 a.m. Meet at church. Now y'all excited for who's going to be here? Raise your hands. Okay, I don't see y'all there. You're getting rebuked. I promise. No, I'm just kidding. But be there. And next we got Elit. Okay. And it's at 7 p.m. here. Who knows what it is finished means? Like, who knows what that's a reference to? Anybody? That's not a leader. A youth. Nobody knows? Well, you're going to find out because I'm not going to tell you. I'll leave the suspense there. <laughs> so we're going to have, okay, never mind. I'm not going to tell you what we're going to have. Or maybe I will. We'll see what I'm going to do. We'll keep it surprising. Okay, I'm going to tell you what we're going to have. We're going to have free food, a live drama, and a rap performance. And y'all ain't even ready for who's going to preach. Who knows who's going to preach? Other than Jesus. Go away, Yuli. Is Rudy, the man with the flag, going to blow it up? I had to put him on blast. It's okay. What we got next, we got our discipleship strategy. We're going to connect you to the cross. Who knows how we're going to do that? Through the life group. Yeah! yeah you're right. Now, where's uh, Righteously Redeemed? Woo! Okay. The uh, ambassadors? And uh, the resistance. Okay, okay. And then we're going to mentor you in the one-on-one. Raise your hand if you're in one-on-one. All right, Oscar, tell me what the one-on-one is. The one-on-one is when you come to me. Post their labor. Brian, 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 Who's in 201? Shamal, what's 201? 201 is the class, though. Thanks. Class B? What? Class B? Class B? Class B? Class B? Class B? Stand to your feet and say amen. amen. And here we have a goal, 100,000 disciples with 50 churches in Chicago and 500 worldwide. If you believe that, make some noise. Okay, okay, y'all got some energy today. I like it, I like it. All right, and the sermon today is called Let Us Pray. And it's going to be brought from the throne room of heaven by Steve. Now we're going to be prepared for tithes and offerings. What else is going to Oh, Karina came ready today. 10% of your total. Okay, 10% of your total. Okay, that was right. All right, she's right. Now, who knows what an offering is without looking? Other than Corey. Do we know no? Do we know no? We ain't ready. JoJo knows? Is that it? Just JoJo? We got the, we got the fastest kid? That's the only one you know? Oh, let's go. Whatever you offer to God, I'll do Hey, man, hey, man. He got it right. All right, now, do we have a question today? What we got? Okay, we got something very easy. 10% of $20. Okay. Who knows? So, yeah, no. 
<laughs> you know, okay. Oh, you already know it's hitting all so weird. What, what's 10% of 20? Oh, what's 10% of $20? Five cents. Five cents? Uh, oh my gosh. Oh no. 20? No, no. Hey, at least you tried though. Get more than 20 cents out of $20. Is it $2? $2, $2. So he was a dollar eighty off. It's okay. Don't short the Lord. The Lord still loves you. Amen. Uh, and now we're going to bow our heads and pray. Lord, we come in your mighty name and we just thank you for this time, God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace, God. And I pray that everyone would have an experience with you and really learn who you are and who you could be in their lives, Lord. And I pray you would bless, bless the tithe and bless these people in this room, Lord. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Six, seven, there's the hand they going up. I think some people lying, but it's okay. Right? We're gonna actually win prayer, we're gonna lay hands on you later on, right? But the thing is, though, right? So prayer, man, is so vital in our lives, right? And as you guys you guys know, we're in a series called Let Us Pray, right? And today, the uh the subtitle is Why Do We Pray? Right? Why do we pray? And these are questions sometimes that we really don't even ask ourselves. We really don't even, like, even in the church as an adult, even the leaders here, I'm pretty sure they didn't even, they never even ask themselves, like, why do we pray? You know what I mean? Like, like for real, right? Brian, have you ever asked that question, like, why do we pray? Right? It's a good brother right here. Give it up for Brian, right? One of the biggest in the house, man. my American sniper right there, right? You guys get crazy. The man's always packing. He will shoot. He will shoot. Right? But he's a good brother, though, amen? And uh, the thing is, right, so we gave out a challenge this week to pray. And I want to bring up our brother, TJ, right? He's going to give a testimony about what happened to him last week into this week, right? When we started off our sermon series called Let Us Pray. Give it up for TJ. Yeah. Well, uh, I just doing like maybe like 
the week before, I was really going through stuff with my mom, and my my brothers, and my yeah, brothers, yeah. and everything. And I was just like, man, you know, yeah. I was really not really in doubt, but it was just like I couldn't, I couldn't fight this. And I was just like, man, I don't know why. And after the certain, the certain, the certain through, I was like, man, I felt convicted. It's and I was just like, man, it just had me clean. Man, God, sorry. I repent right then and there. I was like, man, God, sorry, man. Because, you know, that's how we have a relationship with God, you know, that's, that's how we, uh, exactly, that's how we get connected with God. So, man, I prayed this whole week, and God just, you know, he showed me so many things, I like, man, like, me and my brothers, you know, we, me and my brother made up, me, uh, me and my mother, you know, and it's, it's crazy. That's you know, awesome. Like, it's, it's, it's all glory to God. Woo! God, man. Woo! It's, it's amazing, you know, and that's what God can do for you guys, through prayer, through, yeah. through uh, when you have a relationship with God, you know, not just uh, faking it, but it's when you really do it on a daily basis. You know, do it every Woo! single day of the week. Woo! Give it up for TJ. God is good, man. You know, we're, we're just not in the business of just preaching about something, right? We about this, right? We body this, right? We do this. This is not just up preaching here, hearing a good message or something like that, right? And everybody stands up, they have goosebumps, they come to the front, they start crying and stuff, boogers everywhere, we got to give them napkins or our tissues and stuff like that. No. It's about going the extra mile and saying, God, I just don't, I didn't just hear your word. I didn't just understand it, God. I want to do it. I want to apply it to my life. You see, you can hear the word of God, right? You can cry and shed boogers and all this other stuff, have the little goosebumps and all these things. But if you're not applying the word of God to your life, right, it means absolutely nothing. It means nothing. You might have gained some head knowledge, but if you're not putting the, what, what you have in the head inside your heart to apply it to your life, it means absolutely nothing. And our brother went out ahead, he took the challenge serious, right? He heard the word of God. He, he, he felt what God was saying in his own life, and he started to pray. And you hear testimonies come out of it. Him and his brother made up, him and his mom made up, and I believe that's just the beginning of what happens when you're in prayer. Right? When you're standing in the presence of God Almighty, things happen. Stuff that you thought was impossible becomes possible. Right? Family members that were on a distance, some are over there hating on you or you're hating on them. All of a sudden, it's like God amends that relationship. God starts to do things when we pray. And see, the question remains, why do we pray? What is the purpose of prayer? As TJ gave his testimony, I had another little brother uh, this week, Adrian, right? Give it up for Adrian. Woo! He's a one-on-one, right? His kid, he started coming to the church, been rock out, has been good in his life. And I said, Adrian, you know, what, what, Aiden, I'm sorry, Aiden, what do you want us, you know, what can I pray for you about, you know? He said, well, I'm about to set the Constitution test, and, um, you know, pray for my family that we stay together. You know, basic things, right? First thing that pops up is, hey, he's probably studying for it, right? And I said, well, what about you? What about you and your relationship with God? You know, he's like, I just want to get to know God more, right? I want him more in my life. Wow. You see, to have a response like that, something happened to Aiden. And see, the only way we can get more of God and have Him more in our life is through prayer. It's not going to be through service. It's not going to be trying to you know, work your way to get more of God. No, it's simply through prayer. That is the avenue that we get to know God on a personal basis. 
It's the same way. Like, if you want to get to know your bae, right? Come on, somebody give it up for bays, right? Woo! Right? Oh, y'all sitters. Baby is supposed to marry bae. Y'all still with bays. Don't make no sense, right? But the thing is, if you want to get to know bae, right? You call bae. Bae, what you doing? Right? All right, I'll talk to you later on. Hang up. A minute later. Hey, bae, what you doing? Oh, you know, yeah, you know, it's good. Right? How you doing today? Oh, I'm good, I'm good, man. Right. Okay, I'll holler at you. All right, 30 seconds later, you call the man back, like, stop. You know what I mean? But you put in the work to get to know me, right, guy or girl, right? You put in the work, right? You go, you wake up in the morning, like, man, I got to put this on. You know, I got to get myself nice and swagged out because I'm about to see Bay in the classroom. I got to make sure I'm having a good hair day. Got to have the right earrings on, right? The shoes got to be on point, right? Come on, somebody, right? Eyebrows got to be on fleek. Oh Come God. on, somebody, right? So you own it. But the thing is, you prepare yourself and you set the atmosphere, right, for when you're going to meet Bay. You set it up. You dress right. You look right. You got your eyebrows on fleek, right? If they're not on fleek, you're wearing glasses and stuff. All of a sudden, you you know what I mean? You, you make it seem like you're blind. Yeah, you know, I can't see. It's a little rough. You know, the, 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 the lens kind of covers your eyebrows. You're like, I got it covered. I'm on fleek, but I'm going to pretend I am because I'm going to have glasses on, right? You set the atmosphere up to meet Bay and talk to Bay. And it's the same way how we do it with God, except, you know, we're not going to have fleek eyebrows and all that with God, right? But it's a spiritual day. So what happens is that you set it up in a way to get to know God better, and you set it up through prayer, right? So we want to talk about why do we pray? As you guys can see, we can go to the first slide here. And as he's doing that, man, I want, I want to pray real fast, right? Can we all stand up and pray? You guys don't mind that? Let's stand up and pray, right? Father, in the name of Jesus, God, Lord, I thank you that we can laugh, God. Church doesn't have to be boring, God. Church don't have to be some ritual, some, some religious thing, God. But church can be personal. Church can be relational, God. We can laugh. We can mess around, God. Lord, because we have been free, God. But I pray at this time, God, we will begin serious, God. I pray at this time, God, you will use me to speak your word, Lord God. That you would, Lord God, anoint my tongue, my lips, God, so that I can speak what thus says the Lord. I ask, Father God, that every heart will receive your word with clarity. I pray that every mind will be infiltrated with your word, God, and your spirit, God. And I pray that today, God, we would know what it is and why we have to pray, God. Lord, have your way in this place, God. Let the kingdom of heaven come down to earth, God, and start a revival, start a fire, God, that will not just stay in this place, God, but will go out to the homes, the high schools, Lord God, the grammar schools, God, the street corners, God, the neighborhoods, the communities, God. Lord, that your gospel will spread, Lord God, through people like us, God. Use us. Start with us, God. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen, amen and amen. Give it up to Jesus. You guys sit back down, right? So as you guys can see this, Matthew 6, 9 through 13 has been the, the foundational scriptures in which we're going to be in the whole time of this series, Let Us Pray. And this is Jesus Christ teaching us how to pray. In, in, in the book of Luke, they asked Jesus, Lord, how should we pray? And he gave them this thing, what they call the Lord's Prayer, right? Which we can really say is the disciples' prayer. It's our prayer. Because it's to teach us how to pray. How many know that Jesus knew how to pray, right? So he, he spread it to us and said, well, look, this is, you know, how I pray. I'm going to teach you now how to do it, right? So they need to learn how do we pray, right? Why do we pray, right? And today we're going to get into why do we pray. 
I want to read this over you. If you guys can follow me, how many can see this real good? Right? If you can, I'm sorry. It's the best we can do right here, right? It's just what it is. So this is what it says, right? Starting with uh, uh, verse 9, as you guys see up here, right? And we all can read this together, right? A count of three. One, two, three. This then is how we should pray. Our Father, who in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive, also forgive, have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I praise God for that, man. Last week we learned, right, what it was to come to God. What kind of perspective, right? How are we supposed to uh, look at God and consider God in our life? Somebody blurted out. What is he? Somebody said, our father, right? So we come to God knowing that God is our father. He's not just our God. Uh, Jesus, he already assumed that you knew that he was God, right? But he took it to the next level and said, no, this is our father, right? Establishing and showing us that it's now about a relationship. It's always been about a relationship. He just kind of put it in, in a better perspective and clarity that he is our father, meaning intimacy, meaning you can approach him because he loves you and you love him. He invites you into his throne. Right, awesome, awesome thing. Right, we talked about last week, and then we talked about from that perspective, it leads to who God is. Right, that His name is holy, and we talked about how names didn't weren't just names; they actually had meaning. Hallowed means holy, and if you ask yourself, well, what is holy? Holy is pure. There's no sin in holiness. And that's why in God's name, it's hallowed, it's holy. When you read the Greek, which the original text for this is in Greek, it's talking about his name being kept holy. Meaning not only is his name holy, but we ought to keep his name holy by the way in which we live our lives. By the conversations in which we're having, right? The things that we are looking at on Facebook, on your phone, when nobody else is looking. Come on. We don't want to talk about those dark closet spaces you have in your life, right? But we have to talk about those things, those skeletons in your closets with God is like banging on the door saying, we need to get this stuff out. It's time to evict this stuff out of your heart, right? Because the only way we can keep God's name holy, we must deal with that which is inside of us in our hearts that is not holy, right? And which we call in the Bible calls sin, we have to deal with sin, and the only way to deal with sin, as we talked about last week, is that we must be in his presence. Because of holiness, right, and because of the fact that it's all light, it's all holy, just like when the lights come on here, darkness flees, when you're standing or sitting or kneeling and praying in the presence of God, his holiness begins to burn out and bring to the surface sin. Does that make God sinful? No. But see, what happens is just like fire, when it goes to gold, and we begins to refine the gold, we're that gold, right? And that fire begins to uh, burn the gold. What happens is that all the, all the dirtiness, all the impurities, all the sin, if you will, comes to the surface. And the one that's, that's, that's purifying that gold then slides, you know, whatever little tool he has, slides it across. And he removes this, the, the, the dirtiness and the filth and impurities from that piece of gold. You see, it's the same thing that happens in our lives when we stand or kneel, whatever, we're in the presence of God. His holiness begins to burn out and bring to the surface the sin in which we have in our heart. And his ultimate intention is to scrape it out and remove it from our lives. 
So the thing is, if that is the case, then the question really is, how much time are we spending in God's presence? Are we spending enough time that allows God to go on ahead and refine our lives as gold to get the sin to the surface so that he can show us and say, hey, I need to deal with this. You need to remove this from your life. Let me do that for you. So as you're in, your, in his presence and he's burning this thing to the surface, you begin to see, you begin to realize, man, God, I'm a sinner. God, I have pride in my life. Lord, I don't honor my mother and my father. God, I'm always talking back to my mom. God, forgive me. You see, all this happens in his presence. And that's why we must keep his name holy. We keep it holy and practice that in his presence. And this week, right, as you can go on to the next slide, we're talking about your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, the thing is, we must first recognize who God is, our Father, right? Where he is in heaven, ruling and in control, of everything and then how God is he's holy once we realize those three things we can then move on to the fact that what God is about see notice I didn't say what you're about right where you're standing on your ambitions your dreams your perspective the way you want to live your life no but what what God is about not what we're about Right? As you guys see in Matthew 6, 33, it says, But first seek the kingdom of heaven and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What comes first in this is the kingdom of God. First, his kingdom. His kingdom. See, our problem is that within our lives, right? Because we were, we were raised up, you know, in public schools and wherever else, right? That we tend to build and create our own kingdom without realizing that that is the same kingdom that would bring us down. And so when we come to God, we still come to God in their minds and within our hearts, a kingdom that we've created. And see, there's a problem there because now you have two kingdoms. You have a kingdom that you call your own. What I want to do, I want to do me. I want to go this way, so I'm going to go this way. If I want to sin, I'm going to sin. If I want to do this, I'm going to do this. You're not going to tell me anything about it because I'm a king within my own kingdom. You see, but I don't work in God's eyes because it's about God's kingdom and not your kingdom. Because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, not us. So we have to then deal with ourselves as we came from his holiness to move on to the next perspective about what God is about. And see, what God is about is about his kingdom, his will being done on earth. As it is in heaven, not our will, not our kingdom, not any of us coming down and ruling something. It's about Jesus ruling something, ruling our lives. You see what prayer is? Why do we pray? Not only is it what, what the testimony that gave uh, TJ and the testimony that Aiden gave, but see what prayer is. It's denying ourselves and relying now upon God Almighty. You see, you might miss that right there. What prayer is, is denying ourselves and relying upon God Almighty. See, we're born with this kingdom complex. We're born, right, to want to do what we want to do. It's just called the sinful nature, according to the Bible. It's this flesh that wants to do me all the time. And the thing is, it's never satisfied. 
You may think, hey, I'm going to do this sin or whatever, and all of a sudden that sin wants more. The flesh wants more. It's never satisfied. It keeps going and going and going because it wants to expand its kingdom. You see, but what prayer is and the portions of prayer is because it'll help you deny yourself and your kingdom, your own life, the kingdom of your body, your own world and what you have created for yourself, selfishness, your own things, pride. So the importance of prayer and why we pray is because we must deny ourselves and then go to God. The complex in which we have, right? I need you guys to listen to this carefully. We are already born to resist prayer. See, we're not born to go and rely on somebody else. As we grow up, we, we're, we're grown up with a type of independence. That's why in this culture, right, it's almost like, hey, you owe me something. I work in a high school, an alternative high school, and all the students like, hey, even though I'm failing, you still owe me a high school diploma. Huh. No, we don't. Like, dude, you're, not even, you're not even doing your work. You got all apps. What you doing? Oh, yeah, but no, this is garbage. This, that, and they start going from there as though we owe them something. You know why? Because they think that they're kings in their own kingdom, and they're trying to get their kingdom, their ways to be done on earth as it is in their mind, as it is in their heart. You see, so prayer steps in, and what prayer does, and it kills the flesh and your desire to do things your way, and now it goes to God, humbling on your knees, and you say, God, I need you. I need your kingdom to come. I need your will to be done in my life. See, automatically we resist it, especially men. It seems to be more found in us men. Because we want to be machismo, right? We want to be hardcore, right? We want to be gangster and stuff, right? So what we do is we try to do our own thing. I'm not going to pray. You ever realize when you're going through something, all of a sudden it's like you get tired? Or you have a resistance to a prayer, like, why don't we pray? You know what I mean? You can ask, why don't we pray? Like, man, dude, I got all this time and stuff like that. But without realizing all this time that you have or that you don't have for that matter, working, going to school and everything else, you still need to make decisions in these things. Are you praying about these things? Nine times ten, you're not. When it comes down to a relationship and dating the opposite sex, do you pray about something serious as that? Because it could be that same relationship that will take you from God literally and fully. Yep. Right? Leads you straight to sin, sex, all you know, the whole nine yards, right? Sex thing as they're doing today, all this other crazy stuff, right? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? We don't want to go with it. Come on, somebody. So the thing is, right? We need Jesus, and that's why we must operate in a prayer life. We need to learn how to pray. We need to pray. Because as we pray, we deny ourselves and allow God's kingdom to come in our lives and through our lives. Right? So I want to go on ahead and break this thing down, right? Your kingdom come. Question is, what is God's kingdom coming? What does that mean? What was Jesus trying to say? We know he said our father who is in heaven. We got that. It's a relationship. I can go to God anytime. When I sin, I can go to God and confess my sins to him. He will forgive me of my sins and then remove all the righteousness from our life. Right? We know that God's name is holy and we got to keep it holy. And then it goes on to this next one. So it's talking about God right now. When you're praying, you start off in that manner. Our Father was in heaven. Holy is your name, right? You know now mentally what that means. Father, heaven, who is in heaven. Holy is his name. Mentally, when you go to God, you're going thinking about the fact that he's your Father and that he is holy and you must be holy as well. 
So when you're praying and you go in there and say, man, God, I need to pray. In your mind, you're already knowing you're my father. I can come to you. I can come to you with anything. And you're going to receive me. You're going to love on me. Right? When I'm in sin, I feel like, man, I'm ashamed. I can't face my father. God, the father's like, son, daughter, you can come to me. I'm not going to push you away. I'm going to love on you. I'm going to show you which way to go. So we know from there, so in that perspective, we can think about this picture I'm trying to paint for you guys, right? This is how we pray. We, as we were, uh, heard last week, we go into our room, we close the door behind us, meaning you go into a secret place, you leave out all the distractions, and you see God, God's face alone, you and God Almighty. Knowing that he's in heaven and what that means is that he sees all things, including you secretly in that room by yourself. He's there. He knows it. He knows the end from the beginning, so that means he knows all your drama. It didn't just catch God off guard. You know what I mean? I didn't know that was going to happen to my son. I didn't know that was going to happen to you. Oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? That's, that's not God. He's not one to be sitting there nervous, biting his nails with you, talking about, man, girl, I don't know what we're going to do. Well, God, don't you have all plans? No, I don't. I thought you had the plans. That's not God. He is secure in his position. He knows the end from the beginning. So if he knows the end from the beginning, he already knew that you're going to be in this drama. Not only, though he, not only did he not know, or already know that you were going to be in this drama, but he already provided a way out. He already provided, right, what you can receive in him, right, if you choose to follow him. But see, there's another route as well if you choose not to follow him. And he knows what's going to happen when you go that direction as well. So the thing is, we want to talk about your kingdom coming. What is God's kingdom coming? And it says, it is God's dominion. Dominion means sovereignty. Sovereignty means supreme power or authority. Dominion also means control. So you say, what is God's kingdom coming? It is God's control. God's power. Hallelujah. Coming down. His power. His authority in control of everything. How does that look like? It looks like you and me. It looks like you and me when we recognize that God is our Father and that He is holy and I ought to live holy. See, when you pass by those two things and you come to the part where it says, Your kingdom come, you're sitting there on your knees and you're not saying, God, my kingdom come. No. You're saying, God, your kingdom come, your power, your authority come down on earth inside of me, in my life, and through my life so others can see your kingdom. You see, that is what prayer is about. It's not about, God, give me a million dollars. It's not about, God, give me those J's, give me the next LeBron's. It's not about none of that stuff. It's not about, God, do this for me and God, do that for me. No, God is not a consumerism God like that. Woo! He is not a God that you come to and it's like, okay, God, hey, God, can you do this for me, God? I love you, I'll serve you, all this stuff. And then he does and you walk away, even though we do this. And we walk away saying, no, God, I was just messing around. I just wanted you to do this so I can keep on doing me. No. See, God don't work like that. But a real believer, right? How many real believers we got in this house? Right? Where my dudes at? Where my dudes at? Freaks in this bad boy, right? So when you pray, you're recognizing the fact that God is our Father, He is holy, and God is not my kingdom come, it's your kingdom come. God, I'm relying upon your power, I'm relying upon your authority, that you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that God, you're able to do all things. You're powerful. 
authority, not my strength, but God, yours. Yours. Your power. Your power be done. Your authority, your control. I'm relinquishing control of my life. And God, what I want is that your kingdom come and your control to be done in my life and through my life. You see, when that happens, other people are able to see the kingdom of God coming down through your life and in your life. We can go on. Okay, you guys already got it up there, right? So the thing is, you guys see right here, right? We are to be co-citizens both of heaven while being citizens and living on earth. You see, we're citizens here in America, right? Some of us are probably illegal. We're not going to talk about it. Leave that alone, right? Leave that be, okay? We're not going to talk about that. Oh, my right? God. It's okay. We love you, okay? It's okay, right? But the thing is, we're citizens here on earth. And what a citizen does, he honors the laws of the land. See, he acts civilized, right? He's not out there killing people and breaking the rules and doing whatever he wants to do. No. But not only that, according to the kingdom coming here on earth, is that we're citizens, not just on earth, but we're citizens in heaven. So that means that it's our job to represent the kingdom as a citizen of the kingdom here on earth while being a citizen on earth. That is our job. So the thing is, the question that you have to ask yourself is, are you a citizen on heaven, in heaven, right? While living on earth, and are you representing it the right way? Are you an ambassador? Ambassador means a representative of God Almighty here on earth. How many know an ambassador of our country, right? They go to another country, right? They send out the ambassador. What happens is that the ambassador, the representative of the United States, goes out, let's say, to Iran or something. That's probably a bad example. Let's just say Israel, okay? A little bit more peaceful, right? So let's say they go to Israel, and what happens is that that ambassador represents the whole of the United States of America. So if that ambassador goes in a drunk, acting a darn fool, right? Then that means that Israel will look at him as his, him being a representative of the United States as a fool. He's not talking about nothing, right? Breaking the rules, immoral, all these other things. That's how they're going to look at the whole of America by that one ambassador. And because of that, that ambassador can do and say the wrong thing and kick off, kick off all our war. Because of that ambassador. So the thing is, the interpretation of what God is trying to give us is that we are citizens, we are representatives, we are ambassadors here on earth representing heaven. But the question is, how are you representing heaven here on earth? When you're at your school inside your lunchroom, nobody's looking, no Christians around, right? Pastor Steve is somewhere in his house chilling with his kids, doing whatever he's doing. Nobody's looking. Nobody's preaching. Nobody's doing nothing. God sees everything. How are you representing God? Are you representing God? Or are you really just an alien, right? Claiming to live and reside and be a citizen of heaven and really you're an illegal. And you're just talking a whole bunch of good stuff. But in reality, you're lying. That's what I want you guys to think about. He says, it is through us that God's kingdom comes and therefore up to us by the power of God to represent his dominion, his power, and how heaven is first over our own lives and through us 
over this earth. We have to deal with ourselves first and allow God's kingdom to come inside of us. When you pray, you're not praying about your own selfish gain. You're praying about God's kingdom to come down in you and through you. Moving on, it says, your will be done. It says will. The definition of will is the thing that one desires or ordains. Right? The synonyms for will, for will is wish, desire, choice, decree, and command. Command. Right? And we're praying, your will be done. When Jesus was teaching disciples, he was saying, your will be done. God the Father, our Father's will be done. It says, God help me to live out your will on earth. You see, this is what becomes the hard part. Because a lot of us want to just do us. We don't want to do the will of the Father. And sometimes the will of the Father may not be understood because God's will may very be that you go through some kind of trial or tribulation. See, right now inside this church, congregants right here, you're probably going through something at home right now. You're probably going through something in your life, whether it be depression, whether it be the enemy coming at you, going at it with your mom, going at it with your brother, your sister, going at it with your best friends who used to be best friends yesterday, and today you guys are not enemies, and you guys are going through trials and tribulations, you guys are going through tough times, and you may think this may not, this is not God's will. But all the while, it is God's will. You see, the thing is, we must pray, God, your will be done. I'll give you guys an example of God's will being done. And it may seem horrible. Like, how can this be God's will? Jesus Christ, when he was inside the Garden of Gethsemane, in the book of Luke, he was about to go to the cross and be crucified, tortured for us. And he sat and he prayed. And he began to sweat blood. Because oh. he knew what he was about to go face. It was that much like wool. And he began to sweat blood, drops of blood. He got to hit the ground as he was praying. And he was praying this. God, if it be your will, take this cup from me. But not my will. Your will be done. Do you see the difference in this prayer? He knew what he was about to face. And it was a hard, hard thing that he was about to face. The whole world's sin was on him. And he said, God, not my will, but your will be done. See, God is looking for a people who will, really, who will be willing to say, God, not my will, but your will be done. God, this doesn't feel good, God. I'm not comfortable with this, God. Right, Pastor Steve, he, he wants me to go out and start talking to all the new people. That's not my cup of coffee right there. I'm not used to that, God. And God, and right after that, what God is looking for is a person to say, God, even though I don't feel this, even though I'm not comfortable with this, but God, not my will, but your will be done. God may be saying, son, daughter, I need you to leave your bay alone. I need you to break up with that individual, and I need you to walk this way. Give them the greatest gift you can ever give them, which is the gift of goodbye, and walk straight away. And see, for some of us, we're like, no, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not going. That's Bay. You don't understand. He the one that makes me happy. I come to school because of Bay. If I leave Bay, that means my grades are gonna fall. We come, on, come up with the wildest excuses, right? And we don't want to do it. But see, the thing is, if we're Jesus freaks and if we're praying according to the way Jesus is teaching us how to pray, it's not about our will. It's God's will be done. 
It's his commands done within our life. And whatever God wants in our life, it's what that's what it, that's what happens. That's what must be done. There was a time where I had to separate myself from one of my best friends. Right? He was like my brother, closer than my brother. I know him for 10 years. And he became a Christian. He was a sold-out Jesus freak. Some of you guys know the story. Sold-out Jesus freak. And I remember one day I was in my shower. I get a lot of answered prayers and hear God's voice in the shower. You guys should try it out. It's awesome, right? You got the, you know, the, the shampoo going in there like, oh, and all of a sudden, bam, God hits you with a word. Like, do this. What? Hold on. God, like, no? Like, hold on. You know what I mean? So the thing is, I'm in the shower washing up soap all over me, right? And that God gives me this prophecy to give to my best friend. And he had just met this girl at like the thrift store, right? If you guys meet people at the thrift store, run. Run away. Met this girl, a Puerto Rican girl, right at the thrift store. She looked good in his eyes. The devil kind of set this girl up just the way he likes it, right? Formed her just the way he likes it, the whole nine hair, whatever the case may be, straight Spanish speaking, whatever, right? <laughs> he falls into temptation, starts dating this girl. God speaks to me in the shower, and he literally gives me his life right there and then. And he tells me, I want you to tell him this. And it was so in-depth. I'm talking about, he gave me details about if you chose this route, this is what's going to happen to you step by step. And I remember I was at my kitchen table, and I started to tell him this, and I told him everything. He's like, man, you know what you mean? I'm, I'm going to go pray about it, man. You know what? It's like, dude, I just told you what God said. You told me you want to go pray about it to see if it's right. Like, dude, we can pray now, and you can leave this chick alone, right? But he's, I'm going to go back and pray about it. He, he never does. He stays with this girl, months pass by, and then I hear God's voice again. In 10 years, this dude was like, my dude, like, you know, if you got a guy on your shoulder, like, dude, I would die for this guy. Like, I would legit die for this guy. That was how close it was, right? And one day, God says, I want you to separate yourself from him. And I'm like, no, I can't be God. It's just, I know. It can't be God. I can't. I'm praying. I'm praying. Yes, God's telling me the same thing. I want you to separate yourself from him. No longer call you. You don't call him. He's not even allowed to go in your house. You separate yourself from that brother that's living unruly. And that is what the Bible says. Because I'm looking through scriptures like, it's got to be confirmed with the Bible. It can't, it can't be right, right? So I'm looking, sure enough, it's confirmed. It was God speaking to me. He did this. And I remember the day he came to my house. I called him. I said, hey, bro, I got to talk to you, man. All right, I'll be right there. I came to the house. I couldn't let him in the house because God said not to even let him in the house. I go in the house. And I go into his van. And I'm sitting in his van. He's in the driver's seat. I'm in the back seat over here in the van. And I start telling him what God told me to tell him. I kid you not, tears start coming down my face. Two men in the van, best friends. And I said, bro, I can no longer talk to you. You can't call me. I can't even mess with you, man. God has given me the call and charged me. He told me his will, his command, and his will was to separate myself from you. And he's like, what you mean you can't do that? That's not God. That can't be God. God will never do that. And I'm like, oh, you know what? This is your fault. I said, no, dude, this is your fault. Because you disobeyed God, and now you're going to put me in this situation, and now i got to be the one telling you what God told me to tell you, and that is to leave you alone. No, it's got to be another way, this, that, the other. I said, dude, i got to go. That's what God's will. I'm sorry I can't mess with you. i got to go. I literally run out of his car, right? My, wife, my wife's a witness. Get in the house. I ran straight to my bedroom, got on my knees, right in front of my bed, and I started to weep. It hurt me this bad. God's will. Your will be done. Not mine, God. And I remember crying. I said, God, is there another way? Is there another way, God? It got to be another way so I can keep him in my life, God. And God said, no. It's my will 
My will be done in your life. And I had to pray that that day. God, not my will, but your will be done. And I had to leave him alone. And exactly what happened in that prophecy happens to him. So to this day, to this day, the man's an alcoholic, never went back to God, never repented. He is lost to this day. I, after some time, God told me to talk to him again. I seen him not too long ago, a few weeks ago, and he was mad at me. He was still mad at me since that day. He said, I can't believe you left me. And I said, dude, I can't believe you left me. You made me do that. God told me, you know I me. Mean? It was your sin, not mine. I had to obey God. And in the end, right, the man is still far from God. No sign of repentance, none of that. God's will be done. And see, the question is, brothers and sisters in Christ in this room, are you real disciples? Because this is what it's about. This is why we must pray. This is why we have to pray. Because we got to get to know God's will. If I would have never obeyed God's will in that thing, I would have fell off with that guy. I probably would have been an alcoholic right now, divorced somewhere, messing with all type of chicks, just sent off, never up here, becoming a pastor, and doing God's will. I would have been lost right with him. Wow. If I would have bended God's will and said, no, I'm going to do my will in this one. It didn't work like that. You see, but God is saying, is it going to be my will or is it going to be your will? You choose. He's not going to force us. He's our father. He's our father. He's a gentleman. He is not going to force us. But see, children, this is for real. This is serious. God is not one to be played with. And this is Jesus Christ, God's son, teaching us how to pray. And his prayer was this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. He was telling the disciples, just like he's telling us, you must deny yourself, son or daughter. Because you've been living the way you want to live to this day. It's been about your kingdom. It's been about your will being done. And God said it can't be like that. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve yourself and then come on Friday or come on Sunday and then try to serve me. It don't work like that. You see, and there's some people inside of here that your chances are coming up. And that day is coming up where God is like, I must separate myself with you because I had to resist the pride or the proud. I had to resist the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. You see, and some of us inside this room has been real, real proud. And you're like, no, God, I'm not going to do your will. No, God, I don't want to grow in you. No, God, I don't want to sacrifice that. And God is saying, there's that time is coming. Well, it's like the axe is right there by the tree. He's about to cut it off. If you don't repent and turn to God and say, God, you know what? Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life. Not mine. Not mine. If we can all stand. See, family, I know this is not no funny bunny sermon full of laughs and things like that. But see, we got to get real and serious with Jesus. Because you know what the reality is? None of us make it out of this thing alive. Not one of us in this room make it out alive. We all will die one day. And the Bible says, man, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, right? Not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into heaven except the one who does the will of my Father. You see, that's how serious it is. Heaven is at stake. Your 
salvation. Your, 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 your seat in heaven is at stake when you resist the will of God. You resist his plans for your life. You say, no, God, I'm my own God. It's about my kingdom coming, not your kingdom coming. It's about me, God. I'll give you you on Fridays. I'll give you you on Sundays. And God is like, no, it's either all or nothing. It's either all or nothing. It says honor as it is in heaven. If I can get uh, uh, Stephanie up here on the, uh, the guitar. This part of the prayer, he said, my kingdom, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are to have God's kingdom and will be done and displayed on earth just as it is in heaven. People are to know God's power and authority and will as it is in heaven through us on earth. People ought to see that. When you're at school, people ought to see the joy and the peace that is in heaven on earth displayed in your life. There was a time when I talked to my brother and I was like, I had this uh, school assignment around in Bible college and I had a school assignment I had to talk to, you know, whoever God let me talk to. He let me to talk to my brother. My brother was sent off. He's a sinner. There's living with his life. He would always blaspheme God, stick the middle finger at God, stick the middle finger up at me, curse at me, saying your God is not going to save you, this, that, and the other. All of the craziness he was saying, I continue to pray for him. I continue to do God's will. And this day, it's my children, Jojo standing right here as a witness. My wife, I had him on speakerphone inside the truck I was driving. I started talking about Jesus. And telling him, we're asking him, where is he at with Jesus? And I remember he began to cry. Saying, brother, who cursed me out. Saying, brother, who sick. Always picking up this Jesus stuff. Always want to go back to the scriptures. You know, have this, have that. You know, all this other craziness, cursing and stuff. And this day, he said, I've been watching your life for years. And I never understood that you can go through so much hell and be put through so much things and go through so many things and yet you still smile. You still have joy. You still have your peace. And he said, for all these years, Stephen, I envy that. I always wanted that. I always wanted what you want, what you had in your life. And see, what happened was it wasn't about Stephen, guys. It wasn't about me. He started to see the kingdom of God through and in my life. Then it started to affect him in such a way that he was like, I want that. I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to tell my brother, but I want what he has. Because he saw the kingdom of God. He saw the will of God being done in my life. I didn't play no games. I didn't teeter-totter. None of that. When I fell, I was real. Hey, I said, forgive me. I did wrong, and I kept going to Jesus. Did I always make the right choices? No, I did not. But I always ask God for forgiveness. And I repented, and I did God's will. You guys have best friends in your schools, in your community. You have parents that are watching you come to Elevate every Friday. You have brothers and siblings that are watching you come to church and go back home. And they're watching you, wanting to see, can I see God in him? Is this, is this God stuff really real? It's the kingdom of God in this person. You see, you have to ask yourself, ask yourself, what do people see when they see me? Do they see God's kingdom coming? His power, his authority, his ability, 
right, to protect me, to keep me, to provide for me, his ability for his authority and his control to reign in my life. And then they see, man, everything that you went through is like God took care of you. You were able to smile in the end, just like you said it would happen. God came through and he did it. Do they see that in your life? Or do they see your kingdom? Your will. When they come at you, you curse back at them. When they show you their kingdom, right, of darkness and of this world, you come back at them with your kingdom rather than the kingdom of heaven. What do others see in your life? You see, we ask and we think we know how to pray. We ask God for things of ourselves. And the Bible says in James 4.2, you do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. Some of you want, some of you guys want a cell phone just so you can watch pornography. You get mad because you don't get it. Some of you guys want a cell phone so she can text or whatever, get out some real devious stuff. The guy's like, I'm like, I can't do that for you. God, come on, so all I want is a cell phone. All I want is a Snapchat. All I want is a Facebook. Just to spend it on your own pleasures. The guy's like, I can't do that. I can't bless your mess. Some of us in here want God to bless our mess. And God is like, I'm not about to bless your mess. But I can bless you if you would act right. If you would come to me humbly and start praying my kingdom and my will be done. What is the conclusion? If we can go to, here it is. Romans 2.24 says, as it is written, God's name is blasphemed. That means like cursed, came against. God's name, right, came against, blasphemed. Among the Gentiles. Gentiles are unbelievers because of you. God is saying people curse out his name because of you. They talk about his name. They use his name in vain because of you. Because of me. Because we don't portray the kingdom. We don't portray our father. We don't portray his holiness. And because of that, they blaspheme and curse God's name. And they look at you, the one preaching, the one that's telling them about Jesus, and they watch you mess with girls or boys. They watch you curse. They watch you talk back to your teacher at school. They watch you disrespect your parents at home. They watch you display your own kingdom, your own will. And because of that, I said, care about your God? You know better than me. You look just like me. And see, for a lot of your lives, it's true. See, there's hope because God is here. So it says, when you pray, do you pray as though you want your kingdom to come, your will to be done on earth as it is, as it is in your own mind and heart? Or do you pray God's kingdom come, God's will be done? When people look at your life, do they see God's kingdom? And do they get to know God's will by the way you display it? By the way you live it? <coughs> See, if you guys can all bow your heads and start thinking about this in your own life. What do you pray for? Do you pray your own kingdom? Do you pray your own will? You say, God, is all about me. It's all about me. I'm not the question. Do, do you even pray at all? 
And when people look at you, do they see God? Do they see his kingdom? Do they see his will? See, I can, I can only look at the outside of your eyes. I can only look at your face. I can only look at your expressions. See, but God sees the heart. And not only that, you know your own heart. Is God real in your lives? Are you praying for God's will to be done? Or is it all about you? These are questions you need to ask yourself right now. As we open up this altar to pray, as a family, as we do. The last question is, will you let God deal with you? Will you let God deal with your life so that others can see him in and through you? Are you willing to say, God, not my kingdom, but your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You might have made a lot of mistakes up to this point. You might have showed people the wrong Jesus, the wrong kingdom. This is a time to make it right. This is a time to go to our Father and to say, God, forgive us. God, not my will. Your will be done. Whatever it takes, God, you can have my life. Do whatever your will is to do. That is the question. And if that's you, and this message spoke to you, and you know, God, I haven't been representing you right. I've been playing games with you, God. It's been all about me, God. But God, I want to make it about you, God. I want people to see you. I want people to get to know you by my life. And I will say, come. Join me at this altar. Let's get in our knees together. And let's pray to the Father. I will say, come. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, God. Lord, I want to be the first one, God, to ask you for forgiveness, God. For the times that I did not display you, God. For the times, Lord God, that I made it about me, God, and I didn't make it about you, God. I want to ask for forgiveness, God, for all for the times, Lord, when it was, it was about my will and not your will, God. That time, God, when you wanted me to speak to that individual, God. And I said, no, God, I'm not comfortable with that right now, God. I just want to do me, God. And that person went out living in sin, God. And I didn't do your will, God, because I made it about my feelings. I made it about my fame, my own comfortability, God. God, I want to ask for forgiveness, God. I want to be the first one, God. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for not showing you all the time, God. Your kingdom to other people. Your, your glory, Lord God. Your dominion, your power to other people, God. And instead, I allow them to see my anger. I allow them to see my own kingdom, God. My own purposes, my own ways, God. Have mercy on me. And God, I turn to you, God, right now in the name of Jesus, God. And God, I pray, Lord, that from this day forward, God, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That I will show people, Lord God, who you are, how your kingdom is, God, in heaven, here on earth. God, that I will live a life worthy of you and your kingdom, God. That I will represent you as a citizen here on, on earth, Lord God. 
and I will show them my citizenship in heaven, God, here on earth. God, I ask that you would remove anything that is not of you from my heart, God. And I give it to you, God. I need your help, Jesus. Father, I need you, God. Help me, God, to be holy as you are holy, God. Help me to fall in love with you, Father. And to allow you to love me the way you want to love me as a dad loves his son. God, I don't want you to be the God that I want you to be in my life. I want you to be the God that you want to be in my life, God. No longer about my ways, God, but about your ways, God. In the name of Jesus, God. And Lord, I thank you, God, for forgiving me, God. I thank you. And I pray, God, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that your kingdom come, your will be done, God. And let it start with me, God. Let me show others at my job your kingdom. Let me show others at my job your will, God. And let me, the Lord God, display you to show them who you are, who your, why your kingdom is, God. What you're about, God. You're not about our will. You're about your will, God. That is what you're about. You're about your kingdom business, God. Help us to seek your kingdom first and all your righteousness, knowing and believing that you would give us all those other things when we put you first in everything, God. Father, have your way, God. In the name of Jesus. And now, brothers and sisters, pray on your own to God. However that prayer sounds like, but speak to your Father. Speak to your daddy right now and let him know. Ask him for help. Ask him for forgiveness and he will forgive you. Have your way, I was made for love. I was made for love. I was made for love. 
Baby, no. 
Everything that comes against you right now, you let it go. You give it to God. You burn it up on an altar. Woo! And in place it, I receive Jesus. Hallelujah! face to face he's not afraid to stand in the midst 
and break through those clouds and those masks got in your face and meet the real you and say, I love you. I love you with all this mess on your back. I love you with everything that's going on in your life, every mistake, every failure. Jesus says, I love you still. And I love you so much. I'm willing to deliver you from everything. And all it takes is for you to believe and to let him do it. So when you face that addiction, when you face that issue in your life, you don't have to say, I'm just going to do it. No, just let God take it away. Let God remove it from your life and say, God, look, I step back and I let you step in. You do it, God, for the glorification of your name. Let God do it. Amen? Amen. 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 Right, where my dudes at? Right? Well, y'all voices all jacked up and stuff. Y'all be crying out to Jesus. Come on. Where my girls at? Hey! I know y'all be crying at y'all too. You bet. Hey. God is killing me. Amen. It's okay. Leave it all out there, y'all. Let God have it all, right? Where my dudes at? Alright, where my girls at? Hey! Right? I know y'all probably wonder why do we do this stuff, right? See, the thing is, it's, it's one thing when you hear men with that battle cry, right? Where the men at? Right? When you hear it, you're like, oh, snap. It's about to go down. Right? Like, any given time, somebody can walk in here, try to do something, they're step in the wrong place. Because all you got to say, where my guys at? And they, 